Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Uh, good day. You know, I do get confused on the days, but it, it's Thursday. I know this because it's two days away from the uh, 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Like anybody really knows or knows or cares, you know, that uh, yes, <laughs> it's coming up. The Boston Tea Party. Boy, they took a lot of a really good tea and threw it into Boston Harbor. Or as they would say up there, Boston Harbor. Yes, uh, I... Uh, it's a, yeah, a lot of people uh, had to go swim to drink the tea. You know, I guess they did. <laughs> yes, they, you know that really irritated the crown, and the British crown too. They weren't they were not happy because that was like a main source of revenue for yeah. England. You know, tea, and uh, to think that the rebels would have the audacity to to throw all of that perfectly good tea into Boston Harbor. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, so well, you know, they're making God. the news there again. What's her name? Michelle Wu, the uh, mayor? The what mayor, yes, yes, uh, Mayor yes, Wu. Yes, yes. Yes, you know, she threw a party, a Christmas party for the city council. I but say, she only invited. She? She, she only invited people of color. I heard about she, that. Yes, yes, of course. No whiteies. Well, you know, the thing about that, I, I think that's interesting, is that there'll be no consequences for... For Mayor Wu, you know that's a that's a fine. How do you do for Mayor Wu? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah. she's not. She, yeah. she, I, you know, it, can you imagine if Donald Trump had a Christmas party at the White House, and he only invited white people to the White House? I mean, well, uh, you know, can uh, you imagine? I imagine, you know, a lot of things that uh, goes on against Donald Trump mm. is, you know, the tit for tat thing. I mean, look, they. They're trying to make this January 6th thing happen, and there's a lot of things that say it's not going to happen. But they're going back to, well, we've unearthed some recordings that uh, he didn't know about. Really? Mm. You guys seem to, you, you guys on the left seem to record everything and everybody. So if you got a friend that's a Democrat, say, excuse me, but if you're recording this, you better turn it off. Uh, well, you know, you we know, talked because- about this yesterday. They can actually now duplicate a person's voice and have them say well, whatever they want. You can't even trust audio tape anymore. Like I could record you, take the audio of your voice, feed it into AI, have the AI uh, in your voice give a generated, yeah, yeah a completely different dialogue. Yeah, but what, my point is, is that well, I got a tape where somebody came in and said, "Mr. Trump, uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to Wisconsin, uh, there's no way to overturn the election. You lost." Well, I'm sure that he was told that a lot of times because, you know, if, if I'm sitting there, I'm going to steal something. I'm also going to make sure that everything gets backed up for me. So, you know, when you go, that's not true. Then, oh, yeah, it is. See, here. Here you go. Here's the documentation. Sorry, man. You lost, dude. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave the evidence on the table. Joe Biden's doing that right now with the Ukrainian officials while we're sitting there deciding whether or not he's a crook, and we got all the receipts and the paperwork and the deposits and everything. He's going in to all the cronies over there, going, "Hey guys, yeah, you got some more money coming. By the way, I need this evidence on your end to go away because if it goes away, there's no way to corroborate what they got on this the over here." So he's sitting there and. Uh, sorry, friends, that's actually mainstream liberal news that I got that from. So he is actively covering up a little bit late, but covering up everything. That make it sound so, like he hasn't got a right to disagree with somebody's opinion on something. If somebody says, Mr. President, you've lost Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, you've lost. The- I don't believe you. And I'm going to sit there and investigate it. And I'm going to, you know, so. And that's he has a right to do that. He Period. does have a right to do that because he's probably talked to enough people. Like He didn't talk to me, but I sat there watching TV, and I saw numbers flip from him the other way, and numbers go away for him. I think it was well, CNN. How the hell did that happen? I think it was on CNN. I yeah, think, it might have been. Yeah, yeah it was. Because, yeah, I, I only get so many channels here, even though I got cable and all of that. You know, I was like mm-hmm. going. What's going on here? This, the, and then you know, well, Biden won by a landslide. The people have spoken. No, you know, the Trump had some victories it. yesterday. Uh, yeah. The Supreme Court is going to listen to a case that may have a direct, oh yeah, uh, a direct uh, effect on his cases. 
especially the Jack Smith case. Well, it takes the Jack Smith case and throws it out the window. And that also means, you know, this Georgia, you know, based on the lie and the insurrection and interstate wire throws it all out. Well, because then there is no case. And then, then uh, Chutkin in D.C. Uh, put a hold on the case, on the Jack Smith case, while uh, there were decisions being made on the appeal that uh, Trump had put in as far as uh, presidential immunity. So, uh, and, and she had to do that. She didn't do that out of the kindness of her heart. She didn't say, oh, well, he seems like a nice guy. I think we'll give him a, a we'll, we'll put a pause on his, on his case. She did it because uh, if, if they come back, the appeals court comes back and says uh, he had presidential immunity, that means Smith's entire case is out the window, and there's no purpose in even going forth with it, with anything. So it's well, it's going to be interesting. I heard somebody say this morning on one of the talk shows, um, you know, as far as the Trump cases are concerned, we may have seen the bumpiest part of the road already. It may they may start throwing stuff out, you know, because their purpose might have been to sully his reputation. Mm-hmm. diminish him in the presidential elections, and it hasn't worked. Which means they'll go on to plan C, D, or E, whatever number of the alphabet that they're on. Because, yeah, that scares me, though, of, because we, we, all, we both know what one of those plans probably is. Yeah, you know? but I don't know that they would do it this far out, because if it happened, uh, there would be unrest, there would be turmoil. But, you know, imagine... I was thinking about this uh, yesterday when uh, I heard the news that, you know, that the, of the uh, January Sixers that uh, the Supreme Court's going to rule on. I was going, you know, if that happens and people on the left, the diehards, realize that their boat is sinking, are they going to sit there? You know, we say, you know, you do what you're doing, even, you know, I mean, everybody's saying this, you know, things will burn. Do you not think the same thing could happen if the ruling goes the other way, if the ruling goes that favors Trump and the January Sixers, and that means the lie is over, I think they've cannot, got. I think they've got their bricks, you know, all already uh, to throw. Uh, I, I think that that either way, there's probably going to be some kind of. Uh, of uh, you know rioting or civil discord. It's the tipping point. Yeah, the tipping point of something really bad to come. Uh, you can make a disaster movie about things, but the real disaster is what's going on in Washington, and uh, it's a, sta- a sad state of affairs. But then again, too, you know, uh, there's so much that's. I mean, Trump is, in my opinion, I, I think he is uh, poised to, as it stands now, if Biden is the candidate on the Democrat side, all the polls point to Trump being a clear victor in, uh, in 2024. And, you know, I think that it's going to be so so great a gap between the, the candidates that they're going to find it very hard to, uh, to fudge at this time. I think, I think they should have gotten in trouble last time, but uh, then again... You know, we had a different environment. People uh, thought differently. They, I still talk to people to this day who will say, you don't think that that 2020 election was fixed, do you? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I yeah, do. I but do. see, you know, <laughs> you know, the Democrats worked under the, uh, under the, uh, the rule that uh, well, tomorrow never comes, so let's just make sure that Trump has no tomorrow. Um, but there, none of the things that they've thrown at him have worked in, you know, which means if they still got that plan that Trump's got to have no tomorrow because that's the only way they can win, mm-hmm. uh, it gets back to that, uh, that chaos theory like, okay, nothing's worked. You know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, you know, who's going to pull off the, the, uh, the Hail Mary move? And uh, you know where I'm going with that, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, Use your imagination. If, you have no, if, you've got, if you're back against the wall and Trump is in your way, mm-hmm. That, They're that, going to no. do something desperate. And, and I think that uh, this movie, by the way, that we both, I say we both watched because uh, my cohort in crime, uh, Mr. Knight, watched that uh, Leave the World Behind movie yesterday. 
I was not going to watch it yesterday, but uh, my lady friend up in Boston watched it, and it scared her. And I said, well, yeah, it should, because take all the politics out of it, and I think a lot of the politicalization in there or the things like the white lion, because it, the book was written and, and everything, and then Obama came in to say, oh, that's too far-fetched. I think, you know, he might have toned things down from what reality really is, uh, there were things that there were exaggerations, uh, like the ship, you know, hitting the shore. I think that uh, if they lost their navigational thing, unless that ship was totally automated, and that could be, I don't know, uh, there would have been somebody on board that said, go ahead and kill the breakers, shut the engines off. I don't you know, think, that, I, I could and, be wrong, Bill, but I don't think that a tanker, a fuel, ta- an oil tanker can be fuel, uh, totally automated. Now, I know that they have some military vessels that are drones that have no men on board. Supposedly have submarines, for example, that uh, are completely autonomous. They run by themselves. Uh, you may not supposed to know that, but I've read that stuff. Uh, and, but I don't think when you have you know, millions of gallons of uh, explosive fuel on your ship, you can just let it drive itself from point A to point B. I think you have to have a crew that's uh, overseeing everything and making sure that what happened in that movie doesn't happen in real life. In that movie, uh, that that tanker, I cannot believe, you think about it for a second, you have this huge tanker, a super tanker, and it has all the time in the world to realize it's way off course, and it just beaches itself on a beach on Long mm. Island. Uh, you know, unless... There was something more supposed. Maybe they wanted you to think that the crew was incapacitated. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe so. I mean, they they did the thing, the noise. Uh, actually, the noise. I don't know that you would uh, know about that. And you know, they they referenced Cuba, and I do remember that in the news, and I do, you know, know a little bit about it. And actually, the weapon that they're talking about can be made out of things that are in your house right now, in your kitchen, by the way. Um, they you know, had, caught- if I remember correctly, Bill, about Cuba, mm-hmm. uh, that was with the American consulate down there. Uh, mm-hmm. People were complaining about uh, illness, and they se- seemed to determine that there was a some kind of a uh, sound oscillating machine that they were using. They were pointing it at the, uh, the consulate and making the people in the consulate sick. Uh, I, unless you know of some other uh, case down there, well, no, there, 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 there are ways to do that because some of the things that happen, the nausea and everything mm-hmm. and the teeth falling out, there's another way to do that. And uh, uh, you could actually sit there, probably have the, the ways of doing it. If you don't electrocute yourself doing it, can make the same device out of things in your house right now, mm-hmm. one thing in particular. Uh, and it's been done. And, you know, I could sit there... I could be in the house next door and aim it at you. I'm behind the unit, and it will sit there and permeate its signal through. And they do have that. And uh, I know they you, use uh, they use sound weapons to uh, for crowd control. Right, those are frequent. We've talked about that before. There's yeah. a company that does that, and that will do the the high frequency, the ultra high sound frequencies that will cause that. But the unit I'm talking about that uses a magnetron can do that too. Doesn't make the sound, but you would get that sense of ringing. You would get that probably nauseating headache feel. And then, you know, you could bleed and lose your teeth. But now the ultra-high sound will cause nausea, will cause a headache, and uh, it, it will leave you sick to your stomach. Um, and it, it's a sonic. But here's so a, it's out there. That's, that's, that's been uh, out there for a while. The, the problem I had with the movie, uh, I think you liked it more than I did. Which is good. No, I didn't really like it. But, I just thought it was, but it was interesting. I didn't look. I'll be honest. Wait, wait I, a I second. Thought, I thought it draw. I, I thought it dragged yeah. on. This this movie though, it it put out one premise after another, one possible threat after another, and and if you are into scripts and movies, when you see a a, a movie, you want to see something happen, and then you want to see. A, some kind of resolution to whatever that was. You know, if the bad guy steals the money, you want to find out whether the bad guy is going to get caught or get away. In this movie, 
they put one premise after another out there. They put, first of all, they couldn't, uh, they go out to a house and then the, the couple comes by. Uh, who own the house, not the couple, the father and the daughter come by and say, oh, we can't get off the island, so we'd like to stay here in our own house. Okay, so they that's one premise. Who, were they really the owners or were they not the owners? Uh, you know, you find out later. They were the owners. Yeah. Uh, then, you, then you find out that they want to go into town. The, the father wants to go into town and see what's going on. He's driving down a road and some... Spanish uh, lady comes racing up to him and starts screaming and pounding on the door and, of his car. And he's try- he doesn't understand what she's saying. And you, you, you're wondering, what's wrong with this lady? What's going on? And then he drives away. And then you never find out why she was so panicked. Okay, that's just one. That's another thing. Then he turns around and he goes back to the house because he couldn't get to town. Because he got lost and all of the why were all the signs off the streets? What? Why would they take all the street signs off of uh, the streets? But he said they were all gone. I was completely lost. There was so much. Uh, if I was an editor at a movie studio and I looked at this script, I would have said, "Well, where's the rest of it?" You know, how, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to read into it, and that's that they shouldn't do that. Like, why were the signs gone? But then again, let's let's just take some of the concept there and what's going on and let's just apply it to now with the illegal immigrants. Uh, maybe there's some of them are operatives. So, you know, you know, the, well, the, the only thing, the only message I really get out of this, you know, is that, OK, it's a movie, but, you know, bad things can happen. You just got to be prepared and smart. You know, you got to take you'd have to step back if stuff like that was happening. And take a real good look at what's going on, going on, and then you know adjust your moves. Yeah, I uh, I looked at this movie and I thought this my my feeling about this film was that it was a signal to the people, to the masses. All right, uh, this could happen to you. That's what they were trying to say, and there was no other. There was no also. It was depressing in that. It didn't say this could happen to you and you can fix this. Here's how to do it. It just threw out all these ominous threats. You could be hit with a sonic uh, weapon that makes you lose your teeth and get sick. You could be trapped on an island uh, with no way of getting off. You may be assaulted by by Teslas w- with no drivers that are coming after you. I mean, it was one silly premise after another. One stretch of the imagination. They're standing on a beach on Long Island, folks. Okay, they seriously. He goes to this beach and he sees that a plane has crashed. He finds a body in the debris of of an airliner that has crashed on the beach. This is the main character, Mm -hmm. and then he looks up in the sky, and another plane's coming right at him. Now, mind you. If this is a beach on Long Island. You know Long Island, folks. I know Long Island. It's a good-sized uh, island. It's about the size of Connecticut, maybe bigger, all right? And um, this guy is standing in one location, and the plane's coming right at him. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. It's It was one huge step uh, stretch. Uh, you had to... You had to really give up uh, a lot of your uh, sound reasoning to believe that what this movie was putting out there c- could really happen. Again, if I were Elon Musk, I'd probably sue him. I'd probably sue him because I'm making Tesla, and I'm trying to tell Tesla uh, people that Tesla is a safe automobile. It's a safe car. And well, the, yeah, they the, did. They did. I, I consider that a, an attack because if you're going to have electric cars doing it, uh, you would have uh, electric Toyotas, you would have electric Hondas, you would have electric Chevys and Fords and yeah. Subarus. They would all do it because they all use a computer chip that, you know, uh, I mean, your car, modern cars. Yeah, are so who do they go after? They went after Tesla. Yeah. Elon Musk. There, there, there were some innuendos in there, and uh, I, I, will, I will say that, that somebody sat there and said, well, yeah, Everybody thinks of Tesla when they think electric. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe so, but, you know, they did that. You know, they talked about a cabal, and then what if 
you know, it wasn't what all if. Of our em- all, of our, all of our enemies joined together, joined forces, and came after us. Yeah, that there is no cabal that we're all the same. You know, so in other words, you know, what if we're all in this together? There, there's, you know, there's no, there's no secret underworld. They don't want like, you um, to think there is, Bill. No, and that that was, it was a subtle thing there to make you think. Well, this could just be, and you know that that we got a lot of people that hate us. Well, we do have a lot of people that hate us because of, you know, all the idiots we've had in the White House. No matter what you think about Obama, including him, he made the wrong calls, the wrong moves. Was it was it him? Was it who he was aligned with? Was it him following instructions? You know, I don't know. All I, well, I know what I think I know, but the point is, is that, yeah, we do have enemies in the world, and, you know, it is our government that has made them. Well, I think that, uh, you folks, you're probably going to watch the movie if you have Netflix because there's been so much talk about it. Everybody's curious and wants to have their own opinion. But when you watch it, understand uh, that I think there's an agenda behind this movie. This isn't just a simple movie uh, entertainment film that's put out there to have you, you know, get some popcorn and, and get away from the world. If anything, this is, I think, put out there to to frighten you as if this could really happen to you. Beware. You know, and then they say that one line, I, you know, what's more scary, if, you know, Who's behind this? And the guy says, what if nobody's behind this, you know? Right, there's no cabal. Well, but the point is, they want you to think there's nobody behind all of this stuff, that it's all happenstance. But you, all you have to do is look over at George Soros. Just, and that's just one guy. One guy that we know of, George Soros, who is putting billions of dollars of his money into all of these revolutionary type movements to overthrow i think i heard him that he once said uh, his uh, his goal is to bring down the united states of america now that could be a misquote but i'm just telling you that i heard yeah. that that was from supposedly george soros and uh that doesn't surprise me i know guys like uh, klaus schwab and his world economic forum they're they're out for a global governance they want to control the world you know, so when they well, th- they say in this movie there's nobody behind this, I'd say bull. That's that's baloney. Yeah, well, they they did do the the thing, you know, the the scene where the kid, uh, the the father and and uh, the other father, they unite. They go to this one guy that is a prepper. It was Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know he's sitting there. He's got everything, even the stuff, the the antibiotics to help this kid out. And he doesn't want to give it up, but he did say something in there. And I picked, I said, oh, there's the reason why he's going to do it. I would do anything for my family, just like you are. And that was the turnaround. And and he got it for $1,000 that he had, but they made it perfectly clear that money had no value. Really never did. So this material world we live in is all fake and fabricated, which I've seen. You know, he said money too. had no value, but he took it anyway, right? Yeah, he took it anyway. Because it was just a barter system that you know, and that that was a that was a reveal that you know that probably people did should you, take note of. Did you barter. notice? Did you notice that uh, now they're on Long Island and it's in an area with nice houses. I mean, million dollar homes, multi million dollar homes, and um, so down the road, one of the neighbors is this guy, this prepper. And when you go to his house, he comes out and he he looks like Clem from from the back country. I mean, Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon has a beard and he's got a he's got a you know a John Deere hat on or whatever the heck a hat he's, and he's holding his shotgun in his hand on his front porch. He, by the way, they was he was supposed to be friends with the one of the guys who was coming to get the medicine. You know, it, in peaceful times, they were buddies, right? But now, mm. because it's in a crisis situation, he had knocked on the window when they came up to the porch and told him, hey, you guys, get off my porch. Get back to your car. Get back to your car. And, I mean, he didn't say it with, I didn't think, that much of an accent. Yeah, he kind of exaggerated there. But, yeah, yeah. He, he did. But, you know, in a situation like that, you know, let's just say we we woke up tomorrow and that that really was the scenario going down. Uh, would you trust anybody? I would be very cautious about everybody because 
it's every man for himself. Even the girl in the in the movie, uh, the, the daughter of the, the father that owned the house, said, you know, don't trust especially white people. Well, actually, and, you know, everybody took that away. I mean, when I heard that, I said, well, that's racist. But then on the turnaround, she didn't trust anybody either and you had two you know actually the guys trusted each other right. the black and the white guy my question it is was, why would they why would they put that in there what purpose well, did that line have in that script the only thing that i ever got out of it was the simple fact that you know there there is distrust going around but it's a two-way street because that's what i saw it was distrust on both sides. It happened to be the women. So really, All to right, me, let's I was just turn that around for a second. Let's say the, the let's say the uh, the the daughter, the white daughter, had turned around to her white father and said, "Hey, in, in these crazy times, don't you know? Be careful who you uh, you dole out your trust to, especially black people." If that line were in the script, they would have they would have been talking about it on every news program in the United States. Well, they probably should have because they would have gotten a better point with it. You know, it was innuendo uh, by Julia Roberts of uh, how can we trust them? She came, she, but she never said it. Of, no, she never said it. She stopped short of it. The young black girl, on the other hand, called it out because, you know, see, it's I, acceptable. I, I, that you, I think there's a double standard. Uh, maybe you see well, it differently. You know, it's interesting um, because we're spending a lot of time in the movie, but, you know, taking that double standard. Uh, Oh, hang on. I got, I, I jotted a note down. I didn't take the whole story down, but it uh, comes out of, I believe, um, is it uh, NAACP Illinois President uh, Teresa, is it Holly? Halley? H-A-L-E-Y. No, no but either way, um, she's been asked to step aside for making racial claims. Now, she is a woman of color, okay? And what she said was uh, basically that, uh, you know, black people have been called all this and all this all along. But, you know, you've got these immigrants that that rape people, they break in the stores and they, uh, they break into homes and they're thieves and they steal stuff. And somebody said, well, that's, that's a racist claim. Well, and there was a black person that said that about a black person. All right. Making that claim. But you know what? A thug is a thug. A rapist is a rapist. Wait a second. And... Now. Let, let's let's talk about the environment right now. We have a situation. We're going to a presidential campaign. What do you hear a lot about right now? You hear a lot about how the black vote is moving towards Trump. The well, black that vote was is- my, that was going to be my next point. Oh, okay. I, I you know I I think that that button that they're pushing. Now I'm not going to say there is there is uh, there's not racism. That's anytime that. You know, you have two different people of color or anything. I mean, whatever it is, you know, we we are judgmental. I, I and I still think that we're brought up that way, and we do that. We don't we don't trust. You know, we, we trust our own kind more than we trust anybody else. And you need to kind of clear that cloud there of of that. But uh, Dick Morris like was the, talking about the black vote uh, just a couple of days ago. And here's what he said. Donald Trump got only 12% of the black vote in 2020. And in our poll, he's getting 20. Trump is getting 22%, almost doubling his vote share among African-Americans. And we're finding that he in particular rose sharply among younger black people, uh, those under the age of 40. And uh, it indicates that on a host of issues, the dam that has sort of held back the black vote from voting Republican has been broken. Uh, there was kind of an almost tribal loyalty to the Democratic Party. And uh, and this was a, kind of a birthright in the sense of the black vote. But now that seems to be breaking. 28% uh, of the voters say that it was someone in their family or friends that they know are voting for Trump. And once that dam gives and the and the underlying fact that most black voters are much more active in fighting crime, much more determined to stop shoplifting, uh, much more determined to focus on school choice than Biden is. Once that fact is allowed to sort of percolate to the top, uh, I think that the chance for a major break in the black vote is not only possible, but is actually here. 
You know what you don't you know, realize. What a lot of people don't realize is that when you do a movie, uh, sometimes a scene can be shot uh, when the whole movie is done. For example, they may shoot a movie and then they may test it and realize we actually have a scene missing. So let's call back uh, actor A and actor B and put yeah. them in a room together. And I want them. I want them to say this dialogue because it fits. I'm not saying they did that here, but they could have done it here. That scene where the daughter and the father are talking about who to trust is just two people in isolation. And if they wanted to add a, a, just a little comment, a subtle comment in the script to make uh, the black voters out there reconsider who they're voting for, don't trust the white people. My God. Mm. You know, that, that to but me was so out of place. But here's why a lot of black people are switching over. It's not because, you know, Trump is the great white hope. The simple fact is that dam that this guy was just talking about, it was built by the Democrats who built this dam to hold, you know, they built the damn dam to hold the black people back and keep them at bay and control them, which they're the ones that really created racism to begin with. But I think black people now with everything that are going on, and I don't like to use terms of color, but let's just right now for this point, we are. The simple fact is they're going, wait a minute. You know what? I've been loyal to this party and they're the ones holding me down. Things were better. They have a comparison now. You know, Whitey Joe, who says he's here to help you and he's the biggest racist there is. And things you're worse off now. Then before, things were headed in the right track, and you were doing a lot better, and you're not doing now. Now, whether you're talking about blacks, you're talking about Hispanics, all the ones that I knew, they have very, you know, Christian values. They have, they're, they're, they're very family-oriented. Um, you know, they have fundamentally like conservative views on things. Yeah, I mean... Look, I grew up in California, and you, you talk about liberal this, liberal that, but I do remember the Hispanics out there. Forget about Sundays. You know, Sunday was a holy day and a family day. You go to church, you worship God, you go home, and you spend the time with your family. It is not a work day. It is not a play day. It's a family and God day, and that is instilled in these people, you know, that, that, is, that, that that's their core value. Who destroyed the uh, minority family unit? Uh, many people will, will tell you that they believe it was the Democrat Party. You're saying, what do you mean the Democrat Party? Back in the days of Lyndon Johnson, they put programs together, financial programs together, that made it advantageous for broken families, for broken families to make more money than families that were together. Meaning if, uh, uh, if the parents were divorced, or there was no father in the home. It was they could make more government assistance, and it was fi financially rewarding. So a lot mm -hmm. of families were pushed into an environment that wasn't natural. Uh, you go back to even the days of the Civil War, when the the uh, the black family unit was strong. Like you said, it was incredibly religious. They were the people who wrote the uh, spirituals, the great spirituals. Mm -hmm. That even to this day. Many of us sing in church. Some of the songs were written as, a, as, as uh, songs that were written by black slaves. A and that God was an important part of their life. So in 67, in when Lyndon Johnson and his administration came around and started putting all of these government programs out there that divided the families and made it more financially rewarding for them to be a broken family than to be a united family, uh, it, it was uh, a lot of people say it was that point that changed the landscape of the communities. Nowadays, thank God, uh, you have a lot of intelligent, educated young uh, black people who are aware of what's going on. Uh, there's a guy, for example, Will Pierce. Will Pierce was a leading fundraiser for Biden and for mm -hmm. Hillary, and he's going to be voting Trump. Listen. A 
lifelong Democrat who campaigned for Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders is now leaving the party and becoming a Republican. In an op-ed, Will Pierce writes, the main reason I'm leaving the Democratic Party is its utter disconnect with the American people. The party that once championed the working class has now been overtaken by elites and affluent hubs who couldn't care less about the struggles of the average American. That author, Will Pierce, joins me now. Will, great to have you on the program. Look, you weren't just a Democratic voter. You were practically a Democratic Party operative. So what was the final straw for you? I think over the years, hard, the party has changed from its ideals. Um, I personally view politics as a game of addition. You have to get to 50% plus one and unite people all the way around. If you look at the Democratic Party right now, they'd rather put people in boxes and label them rather than unite them. Do Democrats just not care about the voters that they say they care about? I think it's changed over years. Just if you just look at recent races, like look down in Houston where Sheila Jackson Lee, for example, this is pretty much a lead of four years of a Democratic Party, and her votes were just abysmal, around thirty percent. And it's just people in the Democratic Party they just do not understand about the needs of all. If you look at today, for example, with Zelensky going up to um, the Capitol, the Democrats care more about what's happening in Kiev and what's going on on the southern border. They care about more about. Um, just ideological stuff, such as who you are as a, um, it's more about basically just like um, what you are, your gender, your race, your, et cetera, than who you are as a person. Well, the rot starts at the top. And in a new poll from the Wall Street Journal, 60% of voters disapprove of Joe Biden's economy, followed by 64% disapproval of Joe Biden's border. Over half disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the war in Israel. So, Will, how much is Joe Biden to blame for people like you leaving the Democratic Party? I'll be honest. Um, when I supported Biden back in 2015, 2016, I, you know, I was looking at his record over the years, and that's the main reason why I supported um, the president. At this point, though, if you look at um, just the economy, if you look at where we are as a nation, if you look at where we are as a people, he has not done what he promised to do, or just as he's supposed to do as president. He's supposed to unite us. Instead, he's dividing us, and it just starts at the top, as you said, Todd. Do you know anyone else like you, lifelong Democrats, like die-in-the-wool Democrats who, uh, who are out, who are leaving the party for the Republicans? I don't know anyone by name, but the thing is, even like, um, for example, my wife and I, we were talking last night. This is a big decision for myself, and a lot of people in the Democratic Party, it's, I hate to say it, they're just afraid of leaving. Um, we were think, even thinking about personal safety, like what it's going to be like just me leaving a party that I worked for four years um, overall. And you have a lot of people just thinking like that. It's like they think overall, can I leave the party? Can I leave, you know, go across to the other side? And personally, I'm doing this because I look at the nation overall. We're at a very divisive period. If you look at the that you just quoted, it's just our nation overall, we have to be able to um, focus and be more united instead of being divided and just focus on, on just um, party politics. Like that. that leads to the final question. Who are you going to vote for? In the same Wall Street Journal poll, Trump beating Biden by four points, Nikki Haley up 17% over Biden. Who's got your vote in 2024? It's, I think this is the first time since I've been, to be honest, over 20 years, I'm actually undecided. I'm leaning towards Trump, but I'm still looking at um, what's going to happen over the next few weeks uh, up in New Hampshire and Iowa. I can't tell you. I live in a pretty Democratic state up there in Connecticut. I can't tell you how many diehard Democrats have said, I never thought I would vote for Trump. I certainly didn't vote for him in 2020, but I'm voting for him this year, and that should speak volumes. Hey, maybe if you uh, leave the Democratic Party and come over to the Republican, you can bring their ability to, you know, win elections. Republicans seem to have a problem with that. Maybe you can give your, your strategy and operative and help. That's uh, Will Pierce, who is a young minority uh, backer of Biden for for the longest mm-hmm. time and also other Democrats. He is somebody who has decided uh, they don't speak to me anymore. They promised a lot of things to me and the, the community that I live anymore, in, and so I don't get it. on from him. Pardon? Yeah, but he I'm, makes a point that well, uh, he, he, he had to think about switching parties but uh you can't be afraid to switch sides if it's you know because parties can change so you got to be ready to to move where you need to be well uh it'll be interesting to see uh how the minority vote moves in this next election i think that it's going to be a, a big shift from the democrat party and when i say big shift I don't think that it's going to be a, a majority shift, meaning the, you know more people, uh, more blacks vote for the Republicans than the Democrats. 
But if they got 13% of the vote the Republicans did last time around, and now they're at 22%, I wouldn't be surprised if they got maybe 30 or 35%, which would be monumental in, uh, in, in the coming election. And that would be uh, kind of a scary thing for the Democrats. Well, you know what I'm, I've noticed about the Democrat Party? When you look at it, uh, and the Republican Party has it too, but the, uh, the Democrat Party is, is an old out, it's an old party. And, and a lot of these people are getting to the point to where they don't have many more years left. And the young Democrats that are coming up, which is scary, they're all socialist and, uh, you know, they've just got a lot of different way far left values, you know, AOC, things like, and I'm just sitting here going, that's going to be a problem for them. Uh, at least I hope it is. Whereas the Republicans, yeah, we've got a lot of people too, the, the, the rhinos, the, the Mitch McConnell's, the Romney's and whatnot, and they're stepping aside, Manchin's stepping aside. You know, who, well, Manchin's not one of us, but he's a yeah. moderate. That's why I sent, sent him. But we got a lot of people stepping aside. Liz Cheney, you know, she's out. She's trying to be in, but she's. Yeah, she's uh, thinking she, about running for president. Yes. Uh, well, I, yeah, there's a joke. But yeah. I, I think that the Republicans at least have a younger base that might be a little bit more towards center than what the Democrats have right now. If not, then both parties are in trouble. And parties have gone by the wayside in our history early on, so they, they could do it now. And Speaking about all... being in trouble, Bill, listen to this. On this vote, the yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Okay, all 221 House Republicans voted to open a formal impeachment inquiry right. against Biden yesterday, uh, which I think is kind of interesting in that uh, even guys who they expected, like Ken Buck, to vote against that, voted for it. It was uh, unanimous, which I thought was... Uh, Joe wasn't happy about that. Say again? Joe wasn't happy about that. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, it's funny uh, you should say that because I think I have... Uh, I think you have Joe's response. Listen. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans at this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their lies. business associates? I did not. They're what? lies. One of Hunter Biden's former business partners testified before the House Oversight Committee Monday in a closed-door meeting. Archer testified that Hunter Biden put his father, who was vice president at the time, on speakerphone multiple times during business meetings. Lies. Archer said that Hunter Biden was selling the Biden family brand. In his view, that Joe Biden brought the most value to this brand. It's just a bunch of lies. And in the case of this Ukraine energy firm, Archer testified that he thought the firm would have gone out of business if they didn't have that Biden family association. Lies. Joe Biden was using multiple false aliases, fake email names, in his dealings about Ukraine during the Obama White House while his son was making money in Ukraine. The evidence is so clear you cannot look away, and the Constitution requires the House to follow the truth where it leads. We have a duty to do this. We cannot stop the process. Okay, so uh, you know, that's a little montage at the end there, but uh, he, Biden stands by it. It's all lies. Mind you, this is a guy who is a chameleon. He changes mm -hmm. like the wind on everything. I mean, uh, if uh, you're having a celebration for Hawaiians, uh, he'll tell you he's Hawaiian. If you're having a, a celebration of uh, like Hanukkah the other day, uh, he'll tell you that he's Jewish. Uh, and, and this guy is is just unbelievable. And he'll tell you that he never did anything wrong ever, ever. It's a bunch of lies, even when they have proof. And yesterday, of course, you you heard that Hunter was subpoenaed to speak in a closed door session at Congress. And he said, as he, he went to the he went to the Capitol building, but he didn't go into the building. He, he did a press conference on the front outside property. Yeah. yeah, and and by the way, he did it on the Senate side of the Capitol because there was fear. They think that if he had done it on the House side, they would have sent out the police to arrest him. This is what somebody speculated uh, yesterday, and they thought, well, that's interesting. Uh, and in that thing, he said uh, 
he literally challenged uh, the Congress. He said, I'm here. I'm here if you want me. Well, they didn't want you on the front lawn. They wanted you in the building in a closed-door session. And people say, well, what's the difference between whether he does it in public or whether he does it in a closed-door session? There's a big difference. From what I have been told, uh, the difference is in a public session, you have five-minute uh, intervals for questioning, and you have the uh, option of Democrats can stonewall the Republicans' questions and make you look bad. Whereas when you do it in a closed-door session, it's more like uh, an interrogatory. It's more like having lawyers question the witnesses. They can get more out of you, and there's more. You're in more jeopardy as a as a witness. Everything you say, yeah, because you got to be careful. Yeah. So um, it it'll be interesting to see uh, where this goes. Now they're talking about. Uh, being in contempt of Congress. And, you know, Eric Holder, who was the attorney general, was in uh, contempt of Congress, and it meant absolutely nothing. Now, I say that, and guys like Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, they were in contempt of Congress, and in Navarro, they put him in shackles, you know, because he was, they're both Republicans. And, and they, yeah. still, they still faced uh, jail time right now. Uh, I yeah. don't know what's going to happen to Hunter. Well, look, he, he's got he's he's got a golden ticket uh, for a while anyway, and that's Dad. So Dad could pardon him, and Dad probably could pardon himself. And then whether you know that 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 would be a debate for years, but uh, that would take you up to the election and throw it. So I don't know. There's there's a lot at play here. But you know, backing the bus up here, you know, you mentioned it, and I was going to mention it, but the simple fact that the SCOTUS is probably going to, they could even do it today. Um, uh, and that is uh, make that decision on the January Sixers and the fact that uh, they may get off the hook from the SCOTUS because, and if that happens, that takes, uh, that that also works for Trump on I, the January 6th thing. I read that that they won't be in session again till January, till uh, January... The beginning of January. I'm not sure exactly the date, uh, meaning the Supreme Court. I I could be wrong. I could have read it wrong. But uh, uh, what I was led to believe is that they're taking these things in for consideration. They can do that without being in session. But to rule on it, they have to be in session, per se. Well, let's let's not forget those brothers that got together. Uh, What are the the Brunson? The Brunson brothers. The Brunsons. Wasn't it right around the recess last year and everybody had high hopes? Yeah. And then, you know, before they ever got back, you know, pretty much the decision was made. And you're like, going, what? You know, so, yeah. you know, everybody's optimistic about this. I'm not because the the ruling, the I looked at the question. I forget exactly how it was posed. But if they rule exactly on the question... It may not help. The Supreme uh, Court has been a disappointment time and time again. Uh, mm-hmm. I think back to the election when 28 states asked for the Supreme Court to intervene in the elections because they had concerns, 28 states. I'm not talking about Joe Blow from 28 different states. I'm talking about the states themselves had filed a uh, petition for the Supreme Court to rule on the, uh, to intervene on the election. And the Supreme Court turned around and said to the states, you have no standing. So wait a second, more than half of the states of the United States of America petitioned for some intervention from the Supreme Court and they didn't have any standing in the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, nope. who does have standing in a case on a federal election if it's not the states themselves, but it's all politics, folks. It is the way that it goes. Nancy Pelosi in the news. Ooh. Apparently, uh, her stock portfolio has gone up fifty percent in uh, the last year alone. I got to get her which broker. Is, huh? I got to get her broker bill. Uh, it's uh, called being elected to Congress because uh, the 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 story goes that. 
there is concern and evidence that, uh, wait, do these congressional people have, uh, are participating in, uh, oh, I don't know, like insider trading? Wow, that would be a surprise. Can you imagine like a, a politician doing something so corrupt? I mean, I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, 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 they buy stock in something they're going to rule on. Yeah, that's amazing. Conflict of interest, insider uh, trading. Uh huh. Yeah. But, you know, don't, she would never do that. No, no, no none I, of them would. Don't say, what did I just read? I read something uh, yesterday where another, uh, another congressman who is leaving office, a multimillionaire, Mind you, these guys make a hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand a year salary, which is nice, but it's not something that you can accrue to make millions. But yet they go well, into office broke and they come out of office rich men. How do they? No one ever asks them. Hey, wait a second. How did you do that? You know. Well, you know the the, the institution is set up for these guys to be there permanently. So Jim Harrington runs for Congress and he gets in. Uh, yeah, you get that salary, but you also get a credit allotment uh, and a money allotment for housing and to buy your mansion there. So they give that to you right off the bat. So you're not really paying for the luxuries that uh, some of the luxuries that you acquire. It's like, so- like health care, folks. These, do you think these guys retire on Social Security and Medicare? Absolutely and stuff? not. No, no. They have a, a special health care program just for congressmen and senators that uh, leaves them, I mean, they have nothing to want for, nothing. They have the best, the best of everything. And by the way, I think they get paid a salary for the rest of their life, even when they leave office. I think you have to do a second term. Once you do two, two terms, that's it. It's You get it and the benefits wow. forever. I mean, I once thought about going, oh, you know, I could go set four gravy years. Train. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the house is paid for, the the medical is paid for, something happens to me, the family's set. I mean, once was a thought inside my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, hey, Bill, you're still, you're still young enough to do it. There's still time. Um, if somebody wanted to nominate me, if somebody did once, <laughs> you know, but. Uh, this is another, know, another interesting story coming out of New England. Uh, listen to this. New tonight, Hasbro is closing its Providence office and laying off more than a thousand workers worldwide. A company report says Hasbro will be leaving its Providence office when the lease is up in January of 2025. Teams from that office will be welcomed to the company's Pawtucket headquarters. The 1,100 layoffs across the globe are in addition to the 800 layoffs that happened back in January. It's not clear how many of those layoffs will be in Rhode Island specifically. Ah, Bidenomics at at work. Now, I have to understand something. Uh, Maybe a lot of you don't realize this, but Hasbro uh, was founded in Rhode Island. Hasbro Mm -hmm. Toys, they were founded in Rhode Island back in the mid-20s. And they've been around forever. It was uh, originally owned by the Hasenfeld brothers. They, that's where the name Hasbro came into, uh, mm-hmm. into play. And they have been a phenomenally successful company. But here they are all of a sudden laying off. Now, they're not going to, into bankruptcy or Chapter 11. They're just cutting 1,000. Actually, it's 1,100 employees from their employment list. And, and Providence is not their headquarters. Pawtucket is. Now you're saying, what's the difference? Pawtucket is right next door. I mean, it's such, it's such a big company. Across the street, basically. Yeah, literally, yeah. literally it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's like Manhattan and Brooklyn or Manhattan and the Bronx. It's like right mm. next door. Providence, Pawtucket. And uh, so they, they had, it really was kind of redundant to have a building in Providence and a building in Pawtucket. And somebody probably came along and said, wait a second, why are we funding this building in Providence when we can bring them all over to the headquarters in Pawtucket and not lose a beat? And that's essentially what they're doing. You might have heard in that report, they're saying that they're being offered jobs at the headquarters. So it's a little disingenuous. They tell you that 1,100 people are going to lose their jobs in Providence, but in the same breath, they're saying that they actually can get a job up in Pawtucket, which is maybe another. It's like instead of going 20 minutes this way, you're going to go 20 minutes that way, you know? Yeah. Mm. You know, Mattel is uh, in uh, dire straits now, too. And Really? The, the interesting thing, yeah, and the interesting thing is if there were a time of conflict, war, 
why do you think they have guns that look like the, the toy guns that look like the real guns that soldiers have? Because they have the, they have the molds to make them because uh, in war, they go over to wartime production, they quit making the toys and they make the real thing. And a lot of the rifles they have are plastic, high-grade plastic anyway. So find that interesting. But what's you know, more alarming... The, the biggest selling toy was uh, Hasbro was uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. You know, a, 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 a character, an army character, a soldier, you know. Um, but it's interesting. Mattel's got problems, and Hasbro is showing signs of some problems. And well, here's something else. They, there's something else, too, did you say? Yeah, it's not a toy. It's not a toy company, so What's to that? speak. But um, you better stock up in your ammo now. Oh, I got that story, too. Yes, sir. Because there is a worldwide, worldwide, did I say worldwide I think you said worldwide, Bill. Yes, it's a worldwide shortage of gunpowder. Yeah, it does not come as a surprise to you folks. All of a sudden, there's a, a shortage on gunpowder. <laughs> Did we shut down the sulfur mines? No, this, I don't know what this is. I think this is their way. If they're not going to get your guns, they're going to get their your ammunition. If you, if you have no bullets to fire, then what good are your guns? And if they can cut back on gunpowder, that'll shorten the uh, limit the amount of uh, of bullets. Well, let me ask you a question now. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got a shell about this big, all right, whatever, and it uses the gunpowder to fire the right. propellant. You know, that's the propellant to fire the bullet. Right, the projectile, right. yep. Yeah, the projectile. Okay, you can go buy, um, or you buy, you buy a, an airsoft gun, or you go buy a paintball gun and use, uses compressed air. Would there be a way that somebody could make a a cartridge that would go in a gun, the regular guns, and use a different type of uh, propellant. Propellant, you know, something different, whether it's some kind of compressed air or something that's in there when the hammer hits it has the same effect and replace the gunpowder. Probably, I mean, they probably have other uh, alternative uh, products that would do the same job. I I don't know. I I've only they've been making black powder and gunpowder. For hundreds of years, and it's that, a lie, friends. I mean, they 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 can do the gunpowder, but the, if if let's just say they're right, and there's none, uh, there's enough out there that would have the same effect. That we there's well, it, it might even be cheaper. What they're going to say is, well, the war in the Ukraine is burning through a lot of gunpowder, but that's that's nothing. That's nothing when it comes to uh, all of the possible you know resources well, still, that we have. They still want more money for the Ukraine. They want it to go on. We're not fighting a war there, friends. That money is for something else, and don't believe otherwise. Um, I don't know whether I don't know the Zelensky is back. Did you see, by the way, Zelensky? He goes to the White House again. He's wearing his his fatigues, and I'm thinking, oh, to look like yeah, he has to look like he's a military guy. He looks like so. You should be handing him a broom and telling him to do the corridor before you leave. I mean, the guy is. Uh, he has no. He doesn't seem to have any respect for the position. He's supposed to be the leader of a nation, and he comes over looking, trying to dress like Fidel Castro. Mind you, it's it's all theatrics. This, like mm -hmm. we've talked about before, this guy is a former comedian slash actor in the Ukraine, where he wore suits and ties and danced and did all these other things, uh, and played he, the piano too. Yes, he did. Well, <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, the one note yes. samba, so yeah, to speak. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you, you gotta hand it to him, and they did. But um, he is uh, not who he pretends to be. He looks like he comes in dressed in his fatigues, like he's a a general just back from the front. And in reality, this guy has been hanging around his office uh, in some bunker someplace, protected by you know armies of people and. Uh, it's, a lot of people will tell you that he's made off like a bandit, literally, because made out like a bandit because of uh, this war. That that the the corruption in the Ukraine knows no limits. They they are supposedly, if not the most corrupt, at least one of the most corrupt nations on the planet. 
and they come over here. And the first thing Joe says when he's sitting there in front of the fireplace is, you know, wait a second, hush up there. He says to the press, hush up. I want to make the announcement that uh, I've just signed uh, over $200 million to the Ukraine. That's uh, that's like a bonus. I mean, that's not the $61 billion that he was there for. And that's not going to be subtracted from the $61 billion. That's like... Here, this will keep you happy for a little while until we get Congress in, in, in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I was thinking, that's our money. How about, do you remember, a lot of people forget this. When Trump was asking for $9 billion to build the wall, the Democrats went ballistic. They went ballistic. They just crucified him because he wanted to get $9 billion for a wall. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's coming over here asking for $61 billion more on top of the $100 billion we've already sent him. He wants another $61 billion, and they're just falling over backwards to get him that money. Uh, in the meantime, Bill, I, I saw it again yesterday. It's getting worse on the border, not better. We have armies of people every day. We have the total number of people in one day coming across the border that we used to have for a whole month, like three mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know where this is going to go. We're, we're allowing, I believe, uh, military troops into our country. We're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem. They're, they're, they're letting strangers in and they're shipping them around the country with no holes barred, meaning you just go wherever you want to go. You want to go to Seattle, we'll get you on a bus or a plane. You want to go to New York, fine. we got plenty of room up there in New York for you. Yeah. It's, it's scary. It, it is it's really not good scary. what's going on, but uh, I, I think, you know, here we are Thursday. There could be some interesting things going on this week. Uh, but you know there's always going to be something that will, you know, you, you think your jaw is on the floor now. Uh, dig a hole. It's going to go down lower. That's sad. Know? You know, we. I hear you say that, and I've heard you say this in the past. And I, I find sometimes I think, yeah, well, how can it get much worse? And, but you're right. Every day it does. Something comes along to uh, one up the story of the day the day before. You know, um, it's almost like they got fiction writers in the White House. <laughs> yeah, you sure. think that was bad? Watch this one. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Yeah. There you go. Hold my beer. Um, well, you know, they do have script writers in uh, Washington on the Democratic side. I they mean, sure do. At, uh, Adam Schiff, yeah. That's true. I mean, he, he wrote a script uh, during the Trump impeachment that uh, was proven to be a lie. He, he was reading a script on the, on the floor of the House, and he was reading it as if it was actually a transcript from Trump, and he later had to admit that it was something he had made up. It was like fiction. It wasn't for real. A lot of Democrats these days are having to fess up to <laughs> yeah, lies know. that they have told, and they don't like fessing up that, well, I told a lie. And you know what else Sorry. they don't like, Bill? They don't like the fact that they think that if Trump gets into office, they actually might be held accountable for their lies. Well, let me ask you do you think, um, do you think uh, they will be held accountable, or is there so much to clean up, so much to fix? That they might be worrying for not, they just ought to just sit there and and worry about, you know, making sure that they're out of the spotlight. I think that if Trump gets into office this time around, he's got one more shot. He's got four more years, and I think that the promises he made about cleaning up the the corruption, I think he's going to make good on it. And I think that uh, the liars in both the media and in government who have perpetuated this uh, phony uh, story narrative for four years i think they have something to worry about well you know he's only got four years so the only way that i would see to do it uh, see him to do it is after the inauguration day one hand out the orders that we start grabbing people and locking them up and uh, and do that now that is going to cause you know cheers on one side and unrest on the other but then again, if Trump is blocked from being in office, they take him out for by whatever means, it's going to cause cheers on the left and uproar on the right. And so either way, we probably are heading for some in, type of civil unrest. In that movie that we were talking about at the top of the show, uh, Leave the World Behind, uh, one of the things you realize is that uh, 
civil war is happening when they look across the water into yeah, New York. I was going to say that. You That's see, how it ends. You see civil the war. Girl. They're trying to tell us this is where it's going. So, God forbid. I, I think I think everybody knows it. You know, the the people that I do know that have seen it, they, it the movie scared them, and they go, "This this is happening, or this could happen." Well, I would I would go with the previous statement there. This is happening. It is happening. And so the movie doesn't tell you something that you don't don't already know. It just tells you you're right that it's going on. Maybe not that exact scenario, but everything else is. Hey, if you want to uh, reach us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Tell your friends. Maybe give them a link to the show so that uh, they can experience what we do here. And maybe uh, we'll pick up another listener or two. Every listener or two helps. Yep. It's uh, one listener at a time is how this works. No matter how many we get, we need more because yep. some do fall off the wagon every once in a while. Anyway, it's uh, Bill at Jim and, uh, well, it's Mel at Jim and Bill dot com. Uh, Jim and Bill at Mel dot com. Uh, it's Mel at It's Another Day dot com. And uh, I think that, um, well, I, I think we, I think we be, up. we we need more email addresses. So we, no, we don't because we just uh, confuse you. With if all you the leave, yeah, if you leave the world behind, you don't have any internet. You know, our internet went down in the show yesterday. I know by a particular company that you get the internet from, and it's really weird because I do a thing that uses servers out of uh, Denver, and they had the same problem with the same company. I thought, really, Boy, what a coinkydink. Yeah. You know, and then I talked to somebody else down south. Same problem, an internet problem. I was going, that's uh, a real coincidence. Here's the wind-up so, and the 3-2 delivery, as they would say. Uh, oh, I'm boy. Like, well, yeah. you know, yeah, this is not good, but okay. Hey, folks, uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks for being a part of our program. And uh, we leave, as we always leave, with the with the, with the uh, high point of our program. Oh, it's, you're talking about hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?